Welcome to Election Profit Makers, guys. Um, we have some awful news to share. America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, the man who saved 9-11, has been indicted in the state of Georgia. And it gives me no pleasure to report this, but he will be executed at dawn on Friday. They are going to hang him and also decapitate his butt cheeks. And for those of us who love Rudy and have lived in New York under his wonderful mayor mayoralship, this is a dark day. Rudy is a good guy. Take it from me. I lived in New York, so I can say Rudy is a great, great guy, a great patriot, a great husband and father, a great lover of liberty, a friend to all, a man without a prejudicial bone in his body. Because he's made out of soup. Excuse me, who are you? There's no need for a negative Nancy in this in this in this somber moment of reflection and, and outrage. Rudy Giuliani, Friday at dawn, is going to be hung, and again then they're going to decapitate both of his butt cheeks. So election profit makers, we need all wave riders to assemble in Georgia. Fulton County, Georgia, on Friday at dawn. We need to prevent this horrible tragedy from happening. I just have this image of Rudy um, leaking and then his butt cheeks falling to the ground. And again, it gives me no pleasure to report this. I wish I didn't have to report this because it gives me no pleasure to do so. And um, I don't know, I guess it's the rest, for the rest of us, we have to carry on his legacy of freedom and niceness. And um, my name is, is um, I can't even remember my fucking name. What is my name? Kid Midas, the original wave rider. And I'm joined on the line by Long John Silver. Hey, David. Hey, everybody out there in podcast land. Yes, it is. A, it's a, it is a dark. Yes, it's dark. Uh, who would have thought that 20 years ago, if you, yeah, if you had told someone 20 years ago that Rudy Giuliani would be indicted on RICO charges. And he used to be Mr. Rico back yes, in New York he was. days. He was the one who pretty much invented this whole thing. Oh, and you live by the sword and you die by yes, the sword. That he would be mm. charged in trying to steal an election through racketeering, uh, that he would be indicted along with other co-conspirators such as uh unc chapel hill sydney powell right and kanye west's <laughs> uh publicist? publicist yeah yeah it's a motley crew of uh people isn't it they sure could use a dr feelgood right about now it sounds like they might be too fast for love merry go round and round yeah i can't, I can't why can't i think of it anymore well motley crew that first album, know. though, so good. Live yeah, that's wire. that first it's album. Live, was... Last night, coming over the live wire, it's getting a lot of nice. good information. Yeah, uh, North Carolina's uh, own Mark Meadows also involved. I was surprised to see that in my fantasy world, Mark had flipped, but maybe he flipped for the feds and not for Georgia. And now Georgia and the feds are going to have to figure out what to do. Imagine if Mark Meadows has been cooperating with the feds for years for immunity, right? And then he sees his name on a Georgia indictment. He's like, well, what am I doing all this for then? I just can't catch a break. Poor Mark Meadows. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, I want to I get back to what you said, your thought experiment. Imagine if the morning after 9-11, when everyone was loving Rudy Giuliani, they said, yeah, um, I'm going to let you know something. In 22 years, he's going to be a, <laughs> indicted for trying to overthrow the United States government. You'd be like, did he wind up working for the Taliban? What in the world happened? It's a real twist of fate. That's a Bob Dylan song I listened to recently. Hmm. A simple twist of fate, John. That's all, that's all it takes. Blame it on a simple twist of fate. I hope Rudy Giuliani says that at his sentencing. What if he just quoted yeah. a Bob Dylan's song, A Simple Twist of Fate, in his sentencing? He said, all I can say is blame it on a simple twist of fate. Those Bob Dylan songs. I was listening to Bob Dylan albums when I was driving across the country because to my utter shock when I was helping my mom downsize, Mm-hmm. I found a Bob Dylan CD, Blonde on Blonde, and I was like, what? who's this? How did this? It was just like the Ed Schofield Celebrate Rifles thing. Like, how did this Bob Dylan CD get into the house? And mom was like, oh, I used to like Bob Dylan. I was like, what? 
51 years of assumptions about my mom completely thrown out the window. So I was listening to these Bob Dylan songs twice while listening to these songs driving through the desert. I said out loud, what are you talking about? He's, he really goes places in his songs. I guess he's a real storyteller because I he's can't tell poet. what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. I think he even won a huge award for it. Mm-hmm. But his songs are like, and the man with one, the man with one red leg stayed up late all night. And then the Jack of Hearts came blowing through the window. I knew it happened again. Blame it on a simple twist of fate. Like what? Did Chat GPT write this? <laughs> <laughs> I just made myself laugh, which is good because it's a somber day. It's a the um, it's a dark day. Rudy Giuliani. I want to, I want to remind everybody what I said earlier that Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, is to be hung at dawn in Georgia on Friday morning, and both his butt cheeks will be sliced off mm-hmm. and left to sit on the ground. Unbelievable. I mean, if you had asked somebody the day after 9/11, hey, I got to ask you something. Did you know that in 22 years, America's mayor's butt cheeks will be lying on the ground on the steps in front of a courthouse in Georgia before dawn? They would have no idea what you were talking about. But we know because we're living history. We're living through history. Oh, blame it on a simple twist of fate. Oh, Bob Dylan. Who can understand your inscrutable ways, Bob Dylan? Well, John, let's turn to the week's news. Oh, before we do that. John, let's make our huge announcement about EPM in Connecticut. This is very exciting. The Connecticut announcement. Bitly link, bit.ly slash EPM in CT. All right, I'm clicking on it right now. Politics, bleeps and bloops with the election profit makers is what they've written. Join David Reese and John Kimball, hosts of Election Profit Makers, for a discussion of circuit bending, politics, experimental music, noise, guitar pedals, tinnitus, and more. Come with your noise and politics-related questions or send them in advance to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. The date is Thursday, September 14th. The time is 7 p.m. The location is Olin Memorial Library at Wesleyan University in Middletown, Connecticut. It's at 252 Church Street in Middletown. And uh, apparently most of the parking lots are free for visitors. Oh, shit. No, they so, didn't. Yeah. So it's that shouldn't be a problem. And uh, post uh, show, there's going to be a meetup for EPM fans. You can join us for uh, that. And, and details will be coming in the future for that. Mm. Not sure exactly where that's going to be yet, but it will be after the show. It's not going to be before the show. It's going to be after the show. The whole thing is sponsored by the Wesleyan University Music Library and the Apple Pickers Foundation. Thanks to both sponsoring organizations, Election Profit Makers, live in Connecticut at Wesleyan, Thursday, September 14th. You have to RSVP. John, what's the link for listeners who want to RSVP? Uh, the Bitly link. See, here's the problem with this Bitly link. They oh my capitalized. god, they made they, they were nice enough to make a Bitly link. I and know, you're gonna but, dump he, but all here's over a problem. Bitly... Here's a problem with this Bitly link potentially. You're, the Bitly don't, link don't lose is us bit this gig. We can't dot... afford to lose this gig. Okay, just wait, just wait. Okay. Bit.ly slash EPM in CT. But the EPM is all in capitals, and CT is in capitals. N is lowercase. Are you saying the letter N or the word in? I'm saying the word N. In. In. Not N. N. People. In. In. Yeah. Yeah. In. EPM. In. There we go. CT. Right. But if you just write that and don't capitalize anything, who knows where it'll send you. Pitley links are not case sensitive, John. Yo, they are. They are? Bit.ly slash capital E, capital P, capital M, lowercase I, lowercase N, capital C, capital T. That's right. See, it doesn't pass the radio test. They should have made it all lowercase because if you type in E-P-M-I-N-C-T, all lowercase, it says something's wrong here. Okay. So everybody just... Everybody just chill out and hold your horses. This is what you type if you want to RSVP to this amazing once-in-a-lifetime event. Election Profit Makers in Connecticut, live on the East Coast. Live lecture, podcast episode with Meetup to Follow. 
bit.ly slash capital E, capital P, capital M, lowercase I, lowercase N, capital C, capital T. It rolls off the tongue. Right. Now, just like Rudy Giuliani's butt cheeks will be rolling off his haunches after he is executed at dawn on Friday. If they still have access to where they made that bit.ly link, they can make an adjustment and change it so the lowercase works. And then that uppercase will also still work. It keeps that John, legacy. on behalf of Harvard University, I'm happy to provide you with this PhD in looking a gift horse in its mouth. All right. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, we hope to see everybody who lives on the East Coast and listens to this podcast in Connecticut on Thursday, September 14th. It's going to be a lot of fun. Believe it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be the first time I've been to Connecticut in years. Oh, the Maybe things ever. you're going to see in Connecticut? You have no idea. I know. And I am developing a new, I'm developing a, a noise music history trivia game, a trivia challenge, and it's going to be a lot of fun with some amazing prizes. Noise music trivia. How often do you get to do that in Connecticut? Probably a lot, though. There's probably a lot of noise music in Connecticut. Smart people live there. Yeah. And noise music is made exclusively by smart geniuses such as myself. Should be fun. Should be fun. Must be fun. Yes. We can't afford to ruin our East Coast reputation. Must be fun. Will be wild. Excuse me. I had to take a drink of water there. No need to apologize if you're hydrating, my friend. In other news this week, mm-hmm. big news out of uh, Ohio. Yeah, the Buckeye State, where you went to college. The uh, victory More on is, that later. Yeah, is on issue one. By a margin of 57% to 43%, Ohio voters rejected issue one which would have made it harder to pass future state constitutional amendments uh, requiring them to get 60% of the vote. So the election was widely regarded as a proxy fight over abortion. So good job to Ohio. Yeah. We never talked about that, I don't think. So we wanted to acknowledge that it happened at the very least. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. But uh, Way to go, Ohio. O-H. I'm sorry? Okay. Did you spend just, some time in Ohio? The, that's what that's what the Ohioans in North Carolina do. They're just walking through a parking lot and you'll see some Ohio people. And if they see some other Ohio people, they'll yell, OH! And then the other people will go, IO! Is that true? Yeah. Ohio. They Say it one more time for the people yeah. in the O-H! back. OH! IO! Yeah. They like to make themselves known. Okay. So Trump got indicted in Georgia, blah, blah, blah. How many indictments, how many charges does this fella have at this point? Who knows? Who can keep track? They haven't made a calculator that can count that high. Texas Instruments, I'm looking at you. Um, But I want to return in the context of these uh, Georgia indictments to uh, Trump's fixation on hell. Now, last week I was saying that Trump's... um, social media post about Nancy Pelosi, where he kept referencing hell, indicated to me that, as always, he was projecting and that he himself is worried about burning in the winds of eternal hellfire. But we got an email from a listener named Doug who disagrees. Now, before I read Doug's email, let me reread for everyone's benefit, just to remind everybody what we're talking about, Trump's truth social media post. I purposely didn't comment on Nancy Pelosi's very weird story concerning her husband, but now I can because she said something about me with glee that was really quite vicious. I saw a scared puppy, she said, as she watched me on television like that millions of others. Like You've got to read it better than that. I can't do a Trump. You want me to try to do a Trump impersonation? I purposely didn't comment on Nancy Pelosi's very weird story concerning her husband. But now I can because she said something about me with glee that was really quite vicious. I saw a scared puppy, she said, as she watched me on television like millions of others. That didn't see that. I I do not know what that phrase is doing there. I wasn't scared. Nevertheless, how mean a thing to say. She is a wicked witch whose husband's journey from hell starts and finishes with her. She is a sick and demented psycho who will someday live in hell. So listener Doug said, I think Trump's reference to Nancy Pelosi going to hell has more to do with the fact that Pelosi is a devout Catholic, and that is part of Pelosi's brand. As usual, Trump is trying to get under someone's skin and own Pelosi. Okay, that's kind of interesting. 
I mean, we all know that Trump does have a very sophisticated uh, mind when it comes to religion and and the and the folkways of religion and different religious traditions, and it makes sense that he would bring up hell because he knows that figures so prominently in Catholic eschatology. It might be why he also has all these social media posts where he's talking about uh, Saint Saint uh, Saint Augustine and Saint Thomas Aquinas, and he's dissing Nancy Pelosi. Like here's one where he says, "Dirty Nancy Pelosi." has said so many mean things about me. What would St. Thomas Aquinas, her boyfriend, say what? about that? See, I don't think that's true. When was that? that was I never joke. saw that. That was a joke. Oh, that was okay. a joke. All right, yeah. I guarantee yeah. you Trump has never said or written the name St. Thomas Aquinas. Okay. But getting back to what Doug was saying, I don't think that's what Trump is doing because he's he's mentioning hell more and more often, even when he's not talking about Pelosi. To wit, I submit two pieces of evidence. One is the is the truth social media post he wrote. Is this where the you are now shock- that you left Twitter? Are you have you joined Truth Social? Where are you getting this stuff? I don't see I'm on these- Truth Social 18 hours a day. Okay. Cuz I don't see these I things. love Truth Social. It's a real community for free thinkers who aren't okay. afraid of uh, right. the truth. That's where I heard about Rudy Giuliani being hung at dawn and it gives me no pleasure to report that, but I okay. must report that. Truth compels me to say these things. So Donald Trump said, the, quote, shocking and totally unexpected loss by the U.S. women's soccer team to Sweden is fully emblematic of what is happening to the to – the... <laughs> I got to take it again. That was good. Oh, like my that. God. Is that this guy so a good. language poet? I mean, yeah. this stuff is so out there. The, quote, shocking and totally unexpected loss by the U.S. women's soccer team to Sweden is fully emblematic of what is happening to the hour once – great nation under crooked Joe Biden. Many of our players were openly hostile to America. No other Uh country behaved in such a manner or even close. Woke equals failure. Nice shot, Megan. The USA is going to hell, MAGA. All caps, no punctuation. Wait a minute. So there's a hell reference. Where were the players were openly hostile to America? You don't remember when they took the field burning an American flag and chanted death to America? No, but they must have done something, right? And here's another truth social media post. This one is, okay, this one is a real (laughs) humdinger, folks. I think that crooked Joe Biden is not only dumb and incompetent, I believe he has gone mad, all caps, a stark raving lunatic, capital L, with his, all caps, horrible and country-threatening environmental open borders and DOJ slash FBI weaponization policies. He is a mental catastrophe that is leading our country to hell. Again, the reference to hell. He's got hell on his mind. Every day brings him one step closer, John, to the winds of hellfire. He is terrified of going to hell. And we also know that he is very suggestible. So I would love it if the chaplain of Mar-a-Lago, for surely Mar-a-Lago has a chaplain on staff on call, right, to handle the existential and spiritual crises of its many upstanding members. If we could convince that chaplain to start seeding the idea in Trump's mind that he is going to hell, oh my God, we would get the best truth truth social media posts that have ever been posted by our former president. He would go so deep into hell and talk about, maybe he'll read Dante's Inferno mm-hmm. and talk about how, you know, actually when I talk about the winds of hellfire, I think in Dante's Inferno, the, hell is actually really cold, right? Isn't I, it like I freezing cold I, I like in Antarctica? I don't think I've read Dante's Inferno. When did you read that? I think when would I think you read the guy that? shows up in hell and it's freezing cold and he and he looks to the devil and he's like, "What is this Antarctica?" I think that's the last line of the whole. And then the book ends and it's like this real okay. horrible cliffhanger, you know. Okay. Anyway, so I need is someone that true? to start. Is it really really cold in Dante's? Inferno? I think so. Yeah. Well, there's all these circles of I don't know. There's circles of hell in that book. Okay. Which I don't understand. But there's different circles, and I think the final circle is just really cold and desolate. Interesting. So I wonder if somebody at Mar-a-Lago is fucking with Trump and is talking about how we might go to hell and how they should all be worried about going to hell. Anyway, that's my two cents. I think that's good. Thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm more inclined to agree with our listener, actually, that he's he's just poking at Pelosi. She is a sick and demented psycho who will someday live in hell. I like that that comes two sentences after he says, nevertheless, how mean a thing to say that I was a scared puppy. But that's one thing about Donald Trump. He just keeps you. He just he just keeps the conversation moving, man. God, could you imagine his TED talk? Why doesn't he do a TED? Why don't they do a TEDx in Palm Springs at Mar-a-Lago, wherever that place is, Mm -hmm. and let Trump give a TED talk? 
You know, in TED Talks, you have to talk for seven minutes and you have to say something that will blow the minds of all the um, executives and, uh, you know, C-suite people who go to TED Talks. What's the difference between TED, TED, and TEDx? TEDx is kind of like an off-brand TED. Yeah, it's like the local affiliate. Okay. Oh, but actually, Trump is going to give a bit of a TED Talk because he said on Monday he's going to finally present conclusive proof that the election was stolen. So maybe that is kind of like giving a TED Talk. I think he said he's doing that on Monday. He's going to give a big press conference, and he's finally going to convince everybody the election was stolen, that all these um, prosecutions are illegitimate. Okay. So I was up late last night watching all of this, and I think the most exciting thing for me was just to read that that he will there will finally be a mugshot. He's probably so happy about that. He's going to make so money, so much money off that mugshot. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. You know, it's going to be Etsy is going to be overrun. Oh my God, the fucking Etsy t-shirts and Etsy cross-stitch pillows and all oh that my stuff. God. Yeah, people the will be making tattoos. money on all sides. Oh, on this mugshot, America, we're back. Yeah, the 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 Fulton County Sheriff. He seemed very excited. He was like, "Yeah, you know, we're just going to do a mugshot. Everyone, everyone here gets treated equally, and they get a mugshot." The fucking mugshot photographer is like, "This is what I have trained my entire life for." Yeah, this will be my masterpiece. This yeah. is a mugshot that will live forever. This is going to be the most famous mugshot since OJ's mugshot. So they're going to get mugshots on all these. Giuliani? Julia. Oh. Uh, Mark Meadows. <laughs> Mark Meadows going to be looking pretty happy. And his, my, poor, poor, I feel for Mark Meadows so much. When his assistant, what was her name? Cassidy Hutchinson. When she was in front of the J6 committee talking about how Mark Meadows was acting during the insurrection. Mm-hmm. And she would say stuff like, I walked into his office and he was crouched on the floor with a pillow over his head playing Angry Birds. And I asked him to stop. And he said, what do you want me to do? Leave me alone. I was like, I get you, Mark Meadows. This is exactly what I would do. We were texting about this with some friends last night. That's exactly what I would do if I was in his situation. Yeah, Fetal position. Absolute shame and denial. Yeah. Focus on my phone. Someone asked me to do something. Lash out with utter mopiness and resentment. And now he's going to get his fucking mugshot taken? Yeah. Oh, Mark Meadows. Yeah. What did you say? He's your mopey, depressed king or something Absolute, like Absolutely. Yeah. We could go halvesies on the same therapist because we'd be talking about the same issues. Yeah. He, he, was, he was just like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> oh, Mark Meadows. And now, oh. All right. So whose mugshot are you looking forward to the most? I'm actually looking forward to Giuliani's more than Trump's. Uh, I would like to see who's our UNC woman, Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell, yeah, Sydney Powell. I'd love to see Sydney Powell's mugshot. I think that'll be exciting. You're going to see it, I guess. They're all going to get mugshotted, right? And, mugshot, uh, mugshot. Boris Epstein. I think he's he's going to have a mugshot if he is denied bail and is held in confinement. And it gives me no pleasure to say this, but in shackles. That are covered in cooties. That's not happening. Uh, you think he's going to be a free man until the trial? Yes. Yes. You think he's going to be held? I don't know. What happens if he keeps taunting everybody? Like he, I think he wants to be detained. I think that's why he keeps tweeting about the judge and telling – he told a witness not to testify. Mm-hmm. That's witness tampering, witness intimidation, right? Mm-hmm. He's goading them into arresting uh, – putting him in jail because then he makes the real money. That's when the money really comes in. But on the other hand, here's my theory. If he's in prison and is denied access to tanning bed, spray tan, I really do have this um, fantasy that the first time he is photographed or filmed without the makeup on, his support will absolutely collapse because his followers, followers will be like, wait a minute, that's what his skin looks like? So I think that could be huge. Yeah. yeah, sort of like uh, he, his former campaign manager. And I can't think there's so many people that have been arrested. I, I, I just can't compartmentalize all these things. What was his, his – uh, the guy he was in with the Russians. He's a good-looking guy. Oh, one of the handsome ones? He was handsome. Sort of handsome. It wasn't Kellyanne Conway. Paul Manafort! You said he was kind of good-looking. Is he good-looking? He's better-looking than any of these other people. I mean, he – the, mm, the point I was Brad bringing Parscale up. Brad is definitely better looking than Paul Manafort. Okay, well, Paul Manafort, he wore nice suits. You're right. He had kind of a wide face, square jaw. He looked like a 1950s movie guy. Yeah, he had, had more of a stereotypical 
uh, businessman type look compared to any of these other people. But Paul Manafort, when he went to jail, he looked horrible within months. You know, his hair his hair was completely white. And uh, but I think he's out of jail. I think he got. Didn't Trump get him out? I don't know. I man. Probably. Is, it's hard. It's real hard. It's hard to keep up. It is. It's hard, hard to, keep, to up. keep up. This has been going on a while. Years. So what were we talking about? Best mugshots. Giuliani, number one. Mark Meadows, number two. I can't. I got to see Mark Meadows mugshot. Oh, the, I'm just going to look into his eyes. I don't know what I'm going to see. Nobody has even seen Mark Meadows in months. So who knows? Portfolio update. I would like to say that I was successful uh, putting $600 into predicted. Okay. The great game is afoot. So now it is time to finally get into into some investing. Uh, it would be good if we could have some more markets, uh, some more fun markets, you know, things about mugshots, things about <laughs> hangings. Or, uh, Predict it, it in its current state is definitely not uh, is not, definitely not meeting the moment with all these indictments and trials coming. No, up. people are I talking mean, about oh well, there's free money to be made on RFK because he's not going to win, and it's just like yeah, but you got to wait so long. And I mean, yeah, there is free money to be made, but uh, I don't know if this is a good use of my money here. Well, I have to tell you that in the 2024 GOP Republican presidential nomination market, it feels like last night was the thing that did it. There has finally been movement. Trump is down one cent (laughs) to 58 cents. Uh, So it's happening, folks. He is down to 58 cents. My losses have, have been cut. From over $170 to just over $130, I think. Meanwhile, Ron DeSantis is up 17 cents. Surging Vivek, to 17 cents on the news that he's dropping his lawsuit with <laughs> Disney. Or <laughs> he came out and he said, he said something like, look, it's time to move on. Yeah, Disney's happy. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, let's move past this, Disney. Why are you yeah. holding a grudge? Yeah. That must be that his donors are like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Vivek Ramaswamy, John's favorite, is holding steady at 14 cents. Tim Scott, in whom I have invested 400 shares, down one cent to nine cents. But I still think Tim Scott has it in him to rise at some point. Heaven help us. Ramaswamy, I'm surprised that he didn't jump on the news that he was doing karaoke in Iowa. A listener, uh, Dirty Danny, sent um, us some footage of Vivek Ramaswamy singing along to Lose Yourself, the Grammy, uh, I should say the Oscar winning song by Detroit's own Eminem at the Iowa State Fair. Did you watch that, John? I did. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. He obviously is very into that song. He rapped along with great enthusiasm. No, I don't know if the people that were watching were that into it, but he. No, that's not really their demographic. No, no, into it. (laughs) He he lost himself. I mean, lost himself in the music. He he really lived it out in that moment, right? He did. There was vomit on his sweater already. Yeah, there was. So this made me wonder, John. Have you ever heard a presidential candidate sing? On the campaign trail, I, it's really striking to me how few presidents I have ever heard sing. And singing the national anthem in a huge group where you can't hear their voice, that doesn't count. But have you ever heard a presidential candidate or a president sing? We've seen all of them dance smoothly or awkwardly, like at their inauguration ball or whatever. Like we all know that, right? But singing? Doesn't that seem like we should hear them singing? Well, we heard Obama sing in in 2015 when he was in Charleston, and he was eulogizing uh, the Reverend Clementa Pinckney after he was killed alongside all the parishioners there um, at Mother Emanuel AME Church, and he sang he sang Amazing Grace. We saw that, and apparently Obama sang in 2012 too. He, he sang. Sweet Home Chicago at, at some event as well. Oh, I really? I don't, okay. you know, I think it was like at a fundraiser. I don't think necessarily it was in a uh, presidential capacity. 
But other than other than Obama, no. I'm sure Jimmy Carter sings all the time at church. Right. Right? Singing hymns, but not in his capacity as president. I don't think I've ever heard Jimmy Carter sing. Ronald Reagan, a born showman, and let's remember, per, relative to today's uh, events, former president of the Screen Actors Guild. I'm sure maybe, I wonder if he's ever sung in a in a movie, but I don't remember him ever singing as president. And then after Reagan, of course, we had George Herbert Walker Bush. No, no. Can't imagine him singing. Doesn't seem like he would have a voice that lends itself to song. No, and just too patrician. Yeah, he wouldn't. I, I don't. Yeah, I it's probably a violation of his of his a cultural code to be seen singing in public. It's like the same thing as being seen masturbating in public. Like, oh, m- one mustn't sing outside of church. Like, it's right. it's simply untoward. It's simply not done. Bill Clinton did play the saxophone on Arsenio Hall. Do you remember that? He literally that put on, on Ray-Bans or sunglasses yeah. and played the saxophone, and people were like, oh, we got a different kind of presidential candidate on our hands. This guy's going to be a cool president. He's playing the sax on Arsenio Hall. Yeah, did And not people were sing, going though. crazy. Yeah. Did not sing. Only played the saxophone. No. And apparently Truman and Nixon played the piano. But Nixon singing, Nixon singing in public. Can you imagine that? It's hard to imagine. No. What about a President John Ashcroft? Well, that's true. When it comes to district attorney generals, attorneys general singing, John Ashcroft with his song, Let the Eagle Soar, he he sang for the record. He was singing for history. That was an all-timer. It really was. I think about it If you've never heard Let the Eagle Soar by former attorney general... John Ashcroft. The eagle soar. <laughs> oh my God, was that dude singing very hard? Like it's never soared before. From coast to coast and shore to shore. Let the mighty eagle soar. He really sang the fuck out of he that did. song. He did. And he wrote it too, right? It was yeah. original, right? Yeah. yeah. He might be our only... Attorney General, who was also a singer-songwriter. That's got to be true. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Unless Janet Reno was writing, you know, songs. But I can't imagine her writing songs. She seems too disciplined and buttoned up to write songs. Yeah. And like like most AGs, yeah. George W. Bush. George W. Bush. I don't remember him ever singing. Mm, no. And then after George W. Bush, we had... Was that Obama? Mm-hmm. That's fucking crazy. Holy fuck. And so Obama sang a couple times, but so really it's just Obama is our only singing president mm-hmm. until Vivek. Now we have a singing and rapping presidential candidate, right? a real renegade in the GOP. And yet in spite of that, lose yourself. Vi- oh God, Ron DeSantis just dropped another penny on predicted this, this, oh Ron, in spite of this, Vivek is still only at 14 cents. Hmm. Hmm. Not going to be any movement until Trump goes to jail. Okay. That would be my prediction. And even then, I don't know if if anybody jumps ahead of him. But that's what you'd have to see. All right. So Trump holds steady at 58 cents, down a cent. Yeah. We wish him the best. But it is true that if Predictit was in its its, um, full flower, we would be having so many amazing markets right now. Who yeah. will have the prettiest smile on their mugshot? And then it'd be like, how many? The negative risk opportunities would be amazing because there's so many people who've, who've been uh, charged, you know? Yeah. yeah. What is the identity of unindicted co-conspirator number three? That'd be a market. What is the identity of co-conspir- unindicted co-conspirator number four? That would be a market. Mm-hmm. There would be so much money on Predicted. But they're playing it safe, I guess. They don't want to run afoul of the CFTC. So between you and me, we both agree that Trump is going to smile in his mugshot and probably all- No, I never said that. Okay. You don't think he's going to smile? I think he's going to- I think it's going to be one of his great glowers. I think it's going to be one of his all-time most intense glowers. He's going to smile. You think he's going to stick his tongue out? Nah. Nah. I don't think so. Um- Giuliani will smile, definitely. Giuliani will definitely not smile. You're crazy. Uh, Mark Meadows will smile. Hold on, I'm going to write this down. This is a good side bet. Okay, so Trump. Trump's smile. 
You say yes, I say no, right? Yes. Okay. I say no. Giuliani smile, what do you think? Yes. Really? Yes. I say no. You can't tell me Mark Meadows is going to smile. Yes. If Mark Meadows smiles, in, what? You think they're all going to smile? I think they're all going to smile. Do you think they have coaches for stuff like this, like PR people who advise them on how to pose and comport their faces for their mugshots? You shots? just want you want that mugshot when it's out there to look like any other picture. I think the background is uh, a little problematic. In I don't that know. Regard. The background doesn't always have, you know, the lines for how tall you are. Sometimes it's just a standard white background. What if they have those lines for Trump's mugshot and it ends at like 5'11"? Oh, I'd be so happy. They're going to have to publish his real height and weight, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of petty humiliations that come with the modern... Uh, carceral state, and I think that one is going to be a little bit tricky for Trump to navigate psychologically. So we're st- we're still eight or nine days away. So he can drop some pounds. He, I mean, he's probably wearing a sweatsuit now, like wrestlers do when they're trying to make weight. You know? Oh yeah, that's a good. I, that's a good bet. Is when will he turn himself in? Because he has up till ten days from the indictment to turn himself in. Mm, I thought Fonnie Willis said they have to be in by noon at Friday. I thought it was the twenty fifth. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. Yeah. I think it was the 25th that it was 10 days and that, yeah, I think it's a good bet that he will wait till the very last day so he can drop weight. Oh, right. Because he's giving his press conference proving how the election was stolen on Monday. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Sydney Powell smiling. Yes or no? Oh. She's not, bro. She's not smiling. Come on. Okay. I'll go with you there. She's going to be the only one that doesn't smile. You're great. None of these, they don't. I think with the mugshots, I don't know if it's like having a relative take a photo of you at the fair where it's like, okay, you have plenty of time to get ready and, and get just the way you want to look. Okay, here. I think they're- No, if you're smart, I mean, they have you so sit ma- down. They have so many mugshots to get know, through. They're going to be like, next, next. No, you sit down. You don't know when they're going to take it and you just start Chick, smiling. I just, no, you sit down and you start smiling. You're smiling before you, you even sit You need to start down. smiling you're, before you sit down. And then they're going to make you wait, 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 because they're waiting till you're going to not smile and then they're going to take the picture. You just sit there. It's like the end of a Nardwar interview where he just freezes with a huge smile on his face and doesn't <laughs> move. <laughs> right. It's going to be like that. Yeah. I it's, think that's how it works. <laughs> the mugshot photographer is going to be like, doot, 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 doot. Trump's not going to know what to do. He'll be like, huh? <laughs> doot, almost Mr. Trump. Doot, 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 doot. Almost got it, President Trump. Doot, 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 doot. Then he goes, doot, doot. And then they take the photo and it's a really awkward, yeah. then it's a really awkward thing on his face. All right. I say no one is going to smile. Okay. I say none of them are going to smile. I'll give you Sidney Powell and that's it. Okay. Fair enough. We'll know soon enough. Who will have the most swirls in their fingerprint? Would that be a good side bet? Uh, sure, yeah. Ryan writes in, The recent cicada recording really hit home for me. We have some really cacophonous ones in rural Illinois. Like most of the Midwest and Eastern U.S., we have two types, annual or dog day cicadas and the periodical cicada. The annual ones make a pleasant drone that just sounds like summer, but the periodical cicadas are an absolute nightmare for their four to six week mating season. In 2021, a particularly deafening crop of cicadas known as Brood X woke up from their hibernation. One of the largest in recent history, I heard it estimated that billions of individual insects rose to the surface. (laughs) According to the University of Illinois, the upcoming Brood 13, assumed to emerge in late May 2024, will likely be the largest emergence of cicadas on record. Here are a couple choice quotes from the U of I report on Brood 13. Quote, in 1956, entomologists reported as many as 311 emergence holes per square yard (laughs) in a forested floodplain near Chicago. Emergence holes. Which experts say translated into 1.5 million cicadas per acre. When the cicadas started dying and dropping from the trees later in the spring, it got really nice. Just kidding. I made that part up. When the cicadas started dying and dropping from the trees later in the spring, there are large numbers on the ground and the odor from their rotting bodies is noticeable. 
quote, in 1990, there were reports from people in Chicago having to use snow shovels to clear their sidewalk of the dead cicadas. Okay. So we all, by May 2024, when Brood 13 comes out of their emergence holes, we must all be ready to make the field recordings of a lifetime. This is, we're going to be like the mugshot photographer preparing for her big day photographing Trump and his many uh, co-conspirators. This is a once-in-a-lifetime event for field recordings. Nine months from now. Yeah. Nine, we have nine months to prepare for Brute 13. Matt writes in, Hi, John and David. I recorded these birds on vacation in Spain in August of 2019. I shared this recording with another podcast. Oh, do we accept this if it's already been... It's not. I know, man. This kind of rankled me. I didn't know that there were other podcasts who were taking field recordings from listeners. Yeah. The podcast is called Invisibilia, and they played two seconds of it in a montage of bird sounds. Maybe you could outdo them and play five seconds. I don't know what kind of birds they are, but they woke me up and they sounded super cool. Um. All right, I guess okay, we'll play it. We'll, I was on the fence about doing this, but let's play it just to beat out invisibility, invisib, in, invisibilia, whatever yes. that is. Right. Some rival podcast that's also soliciting bird field recordings. Unbelievable! Watch, watch me go listen to Pod Save America, and they're like, "Yeah, this week uh, we're just answering questions about contact microphones and delay pedals." Oh my gosh, John! Every time I think we're doing something new, we're doing something old. Maybe that's because we're old. Anyway, mm-hmm. Matt, here's your here's here's your recording. And we're back. Steven writes in, I thought I'd give John's geography trick a try. For those who may not remember last week, I got sort of obsessed with the idea of drawing lines between three to four different uh, related Four? You, items, never did. you can't you know. do four. Yeah, I did. You know, I, I did. I did one from Mexico City. They went through Atlanta. They went through the oh, center right. of, yeah. That all the way right into the the center of Boston as well. Uh, so Stephen says that he, as a former member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, aka Mormons, I thought I'd see what happens when you draw a line from the church's oldest temple in my hometown, Salt Lake City, to its most radical space agey temple in San Diego. The line between these holy places passes right through Sin City, Las Vegas. <gasps> Not only that, it precisely parallels the north end of the strip, passing one block from the Erotic Heritage Museum. I mean, they probably did the math when they were building the temple in San Diego Absolutely. to choose its location. They were like, we can't have the magical line go through the Erotic Heritage Museum. So they moved it over some. They didn't want to have that. See, this is fun. This is this is the right. <laughs> it's yeah. It's the we right. We did get idea. a lot of listeners writing in with their with their. Um, what do you call these? They're not magical lines. What would you call I mean, them? Some lines people call of... them lay lines. You know these magical lines. Between oh, lay lines. Different things. I just tried to do it with cities, and you know, I don't. I know last week David wasn't that impressed with my line from the Paul Revere House in Boston to the White House in Washington. That also went through the Empire State Building. He was saying that um, they didn't really have a relationship to one another, and I'm sympathetic to that argument. You know, it's subjective. You're you're trying to to draw lines that that they have a relationship with one another in some way. Um, so this week, I started looking for other things because I'm trying to impress David. I I started looking at you know, state capital cities. Can you draw straight lines between state capitals? Can you draw straight lines between maybe state capital buildings? Um, And in fact, I was able to draw a line from the Massachusetts State House to the Wisconsin Capitol building in Madison that comes within feet of the New York State Capitol in Albany. It actually goes directly through the egg 
in Albany. Oh, right. The yeah, famous the Performing Ag, Arts Center. Yeah, which the is famous right art, yeah. across from the New York State House. So building. close. So, that would have been so good. I know. It was so close. Now, another line I drew, I was able to draw a line from the Empire State Building to the Philadelphia City Hall. The Philadelphia City, City Hall was the tallest building in the world for 14 years, from 1894 to 1908. And in fact, there's only been 12 buildings that have hold, held the title of tallest in the world, uh, according to the Council of uh, Tall Buildings and Urban uh, Habitat. And Wait, is that true? Yes. I would have thought over the course of human history, I think are they starting like in the 19th century? Skyscrapers, you know. Skyscrapers. So Only you, 12. That's interesting. Yeah. So the Empire State Building has held it for the longest. For 40 years, it held it. And that's why you say it's the most famous building in the world. Yes. Or the most famous yes. skyscraper in the world. And there there have only been three buildings that have held it longer than the Philadelphia City Hall, the Empire State Building, uh, the Sears Tower, and the Woolworth Building in New York held it for 17 years. So I was able to draw a straight line between these two famously world's tallest buildings for 56 years that goes directly through the New York to the New Jersey State Capitol building in Trenton which I really wish had been the tallest building in the world at one point but it wasn't yeah even for a month if it had been the tallest building that would be an amazing line um I mean still pretty interesting I guess okay I'm still not I'm going to give you two more I'm going to give you two I'm going to give you two more all right. I drew a All 600 right. mile line that connected four flagship four flagship state universities. The University mm -hmm. of Florida. Mm -hmm. What are the three others? Flagship state universities that you drew the line through. Yeah. Tell me, is the line going north or west? The line is going north. Okay. It went through. So you're talking about Gainesville, Florida. That's right. Okay. It goes through uh, University of Georgia. Yep. It goes through UNC Chapel Hill. Nope. Fuck. I don't know. Just tell me. It, it goes through the University of Georgia, the University of Tennessee, and the University of Kentucky. Okay. I give that a, I give that a 7 out of 10 yeah, on the I interesting thought, I scale. it was pretty good. And on a personal note, I was able to draw a nine-mile line. Oh, we get into line, personal lines a now? A nine-mile line between the Dean Smith Center in Chapel Hill to Cameron Indoor Stadium that intersects the home that I grew up in. Okay. Oh. That's pretty good, right? The, uh, why didn't you lead with that? That's perfect. Yeah, I thought that was one of the One of the defining interests of your life, the rivalry between UNC and Duke, and you're telling me there's a line that goes from UNC's home court to Duke's home court, and it goes through your old house? That's right. On Churchill? Yeah, 710 Churchill. Right through it. That's ge that's geographical astrology right there. Okay. Thank you. You were so, getting the – as a child, you were receiving the energy. Yes. The from good both of and those the arenas. evil energy. I, that's amazing. No wonder I was so obsessed. You could, write a whole, you could write a whole book about that. Okay. Maybe I will. Terry Gross would have you on in two seconds. We had a bunch of listeners that wrote in and, and made their lines as well. Kevin uh, wrote in and, and he drew a line from Oracle Park in San Francisco to the Wright Brothers National Memorial in North Carolina <clears throat> that went right through the St. Louis Gateway Arch. I thought that was kind of cool. Going through, the, uh, threading the needle and going through the arch is cool. Yeah. If it actually goes through, if it goes through the arch, it, yeah, like you did. could I, do I, it with you a know, piece I of string. I check everybody's work. Uh, oh, thank God. One person on Discord drew a line from Independence Hall in Philadelphia to the Freedom Tower, the World Trade Center, that also went through Liberty Island. Didn't quite touch the statue of Liberty. Uh, but if it's not going through the torch, I don't want to hear about it. Um, yeah, there are others. Now, here was one that I, I, I tried, and I thought it was... It was very close. I drew a line from the Eiffel Tower in Las Vegas. Oh, uh huh. To the Eiffel Tower <gasps> in Paris <gasps> that comes within 4,000 feet of Stonehenge. That's uh, pretty that's good. 
That's a pass. 4,000 feet. That's almost a mile away. It's less than a mile of away, away in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I don't know. I tried a bunch like that. What was the closest one I could get? Yeah, that's where I would do it. I would do it with ancient stuff. Like draw a line from Stonehenge to the Sphinx and maybe it goes through Area yeah. 51 or whatever. You know, like ancient alien stuff, all that kind of I tried the Pro Bass Shop uh, pyramid in Memphis <laughs> to the uh-huh. to the Great Pyramid and uh, in Giza. Yeah, and Great Pyramid of Giza. No, there was nothing. There was nothing. It didn't I, go through another pyramid? No, it didn't. I, I God damn it. I know. So I was able to 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 uh, do a couple of tallest buildings in multiple states. You can draw a, a line from the tallest building in the state of New York, which is the World Trade Center, to the tallest building in Ohio, which is the Key Tower in Cleveland, and it happens to go right through the tallest ha- tower in New Jersey. Okay, that's legit. That's pretty good, right? Like three like three things in the same category. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. But now, can this all be explained by the way they developed rail railroads? Don't rail don't trains go in straight lines, and so any big city? Well, no, I guess not. Yeah, they I mean, in some in some ways, you, there's numerous things you can look at. You can look at how the railroads were designed, which often followed you know Native American trading paths, which often followed you know buffalo animal runs and things like that. And a lot of cities line up on the fall line. Uh, so, but I mean, we're talking like perfectly straight lines that's what's the fall line the fall line is is, you know where you you get to a certain point where the river is not navigable anymore you can't go any further so that's why Mm. cities you know develop that's where why richmond is where it is or Mm -hmm. fayetteville north carolina is where it is you just you couldn't go any further up the cape fear river you couldn't go any further up the James River. It was the end of the line, so to speak. Yeah, a lot of these northeastern cities are, are are found on a fault line. So on the fall line, not the fault line. Thank you for sharing your lines of interest with us. Yes. Yeah. We we had a lot of people that wrote in that are putting together um various computer programs to try to uh oh, you know download the list of national historic landmarks and then create collinear coordinates to build a straight line. Um, this this one guy, Kevin, is working on this and he's trying to to build a website that ultimately will be able to do this. And he found a bunch of Kevin, stuff. hurry up. Hurry up, Kevin. Yeah. Hurry up. Yeah. I kind of like doing it just in my mind and not cheating. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to cheat too. I want to, you know. That's got to be your epitaph. Yeah. that's That must go on your gravestone. Kathleen writes in, longtime listener, first time writer. Although you called for bird calls across the U.S., I wanted to share my favorite sound when visiting my family's lake cabin on Christina Lake, British Columbia, the Osprey. My great grandparents used to come up to the area during Prohibition and purchase property along, which was popular with other Americans as well. Anyway, I don't know much about ospreys other than they are extremely loud but innocent sounding and dive for fish. It's incredible to watch. I caught this clip back in July, laying on my dock in the morning sunshine. While growing up, my mother would sometimes mention the Duke Hobars. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Okay. I think that was close enough. Ducobars? Ducobars. D-O-U-K-H-O-B-O-R-S. A group of nudist anarchists who had been kicked out of Russia and settled in the area. So the bakeries were good, and there was a borscht restaurant down the road. I never really thought anything of it. This visit, I found a book in the cabin published in the late 60s by a local Canadian journalist that included some incredible images. I immediately thought this might pique David's interest and thought to share. These Slavic people were kicked out of Russia around the mid-19th century, and the Canadian government allowed them to settle in the Kootenay Mountains. They refused conscription and opposed sending their children to school, both in Russia and later in Canada. Their hallmark for protest was men, women, and children would strip their clothes and burn down their homes. Over time, this escalated by bombing railway bridges, churches, and government buildings by the mid-1950s. Okay, I'm going to interrupt here and say that Kathleen did send us the cover of this book, and I don't know if you remember this cover, John. We're going to post this on the Patreon. It's exhilarating, confusing, and very, very, very tough. So we'll post this to the Patreon. 
the cover of the book she's talking about. Okay. I mean, this this yeah. It looks like the birthplace the image on the image on this cover looks like the looks like the birthplace of all memes. Should I keep reading? Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. I just wanted to celebrate the cover. Unfortunately, the Canadian government sent these people marching to prison and their children to boarding schools to fix the problem. The adult men carried out a hunger strike in solidarity outside the prison, and one of them succumbed to the cause. The women stood up in the courtroom gallery during arson trials to strip down in protest. All in all, there is still a strong Dukabor community in the area today, and these pictures show how radical and undeniably rock and roll this was for this time and place. Incredible. Kathleen, thank you for the history lesson, and now... Let's listen to your Ospreys. And we're back. John, we talked about um, the college that I attended, Oberlin College in Ohio. A couple weeks ago. Maybe it was last week. I can't remember. Yeah, many weeks. And I got some pushback from someone who went to Oberlin, someone I knew at Oberlin, and he sent in an audio message. And rather than trying to summarize his many points and critiques when it comes to me and my Oberlin discourse, I'm just going to play the audio memo in its entirety. This is quite a long message, but I think it's well worth your time. It has humbled me, and it has changed the way I will speak about Oberlin in the future. Without any further ado, please enjoy this audio message from Oberlin alum, class of 1993, JKK. Hi, David. I noticed that Oberlin College, our shared alma mater, makes an appearance in the latest EPM episode I'm wary of handing you an opportunity to mention again where you received your bachelor's degree. But when there's any EPM discussion of Oberlin, I cringe. Not everything you say is bad, but you have these cliches, these omissions, these errors, and I just, I have to say something. So I'll start with cliche. Last week, John asked, who went to Oberlin? You blew all our minds by mentioning, yet again, Lena Dunham. Wow, no one knows that, David. It's not like it was mentioned on a famous popular HBO show, or I mean Max show, and like in 5,000 profiles. I mean, you do realize there are graduates who work outside of the IMDb Discogs entertainer axis, right? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but... I guess my problem is that every time you describe the college, it sounds like Oberlin's just a place for high school theater kids. And if that's so, how is it that uh, the Nobel in economics two years ago was won by an Oberlin alum and MIT prof named Josh Engrist? Now, he was in a rock band at Oberlin, which bizarrely is documented on the Nobel Prize website. So maybe he is an entertainer in a way. But what about Roger Sperry, who won the Nobel for figuring out that the brain's two hemispheres govern different functions? Or there's alum and epidemiologist Donald Henderson. He directed the effort to rid the earth of smallpox. And they actually did it. Suck it, RFK Jr. Lucy Stone... Oberlin alum, one of the leaders of the women's suffrage movement, and not one of the ones who uh, resisted the 15th Amendment. There's Ann Osborne Kruger, class of 53, former World Bank chief economist, former managing director of the IMF, generated the concept of rent-seeking, Patreon subscriptions, am I right? There's Erwin Griswold, class of 25, solicitor general of the U.S., Dean of Harvard Law, argued more than 120 cases before the Supreme Court, worked with Thurgood Marshall on Brown versus Board of Ed. Now, I think you said that you might have studied philosophy. So I presume you know George Herbert Mead, who, along with Pierce and Dewey and William James, they created this new school of philosophy, pragmatism, 
And, you know, there's Willard, uh, Von Orman, Quine, just one of the most important 20th century philosophers. Among other things, he developed a theory for the reality of mathematical entities. Bruv, you said the numbers are speaking to us. Here's a fellow yeoman trying to help you. But you're all like, mm, exile in Guyville? Yeah, that's right. That's a clapback to exile on Main Street. Yeah, you know, I once went to a party in the same off-campus house where Liz Fair lived when she was a senior so if you're going to mention people in the arts, though, why not like, you know, MacArthur Fellow, Kiesi Lehman, Rhiannon Giddens, Jad Abumrad, Jad here, or his uh, radio lab partner, Robert Krulwich, or how about James McBride, or William Goldman, author of the novel and screenplay Princess Bride and screenplays for All the President's Men and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And the book, Adventures in the Screen Trade, which I gave you, but I'm pretty sure you never read. Oh, but if you're going to mention the yeah, yeah, yeahs, don't say that their Oberlin-affiliated member didn't graduate because there are two Oberlin-affiliated members and their drummer, Brian Chase, did in fact graduate from Oberlin's conservatory. Now, of course, there have been rascals too, but we hear about them all too much already. As for listener Shane, he said that his family, they visited Oberlin recently. Does that mean this summer? If so, how can he say, or anyone say, in the summer that it has a hippy-drippy, do-your-own-thing vibe when there are virtually no students around? Now, it is true that alumna Joanny Blank opened and owned Good Vibrations in San Francisco, and she invented the butterfly dildo. Now, that is a do-your-own-thing vibe, you might say. I mean, as for the vibe at the college, if Shane, sorry, means flaky, unserious, then no. On Friday nights, the library is uh, well-stocked with students and every time that I've been there. And on Saturday eves, the lucubration continues. So being a student there and anywhere, really, should be about intellectual erudition, exploration, I say. And if your uh, son or daughter isn't interested in that, then there are other options, other schools out there. Um, I mean, I think bold face names, name-checking them, it's a bit gross. Maybe it is. Uh, So, frankly, you know, it's the... Teachers, librarians, doctors, psychiatric nurses, defense attorneys, horticulturalists, psychotherapists, whoever, who don't appear on lists uh, that went to our college or any other college. These are the people who are the hidden stitching that keep the society together. And so uh, thanks for indulging me with this list. I'm just trying to make a point. Uh, And I'm sure any school has a list of fabulous alumni as well. All right. That's what I have to say. Listener JKK, thank you for your humbling and um, well-considered audio message. I will definitely, definitely think about taking some of your advice into consideration, although I'm not sure how much authority, or I should say I'm not sure how much I should defer to you, since you believe that the star of the Barbie movie was Margot Robbie. <laughs> the T's got to be silent in that name, right? It's got to be Margot Robbie, right? It can't I, be Margot. I think so. But, you know, for the long time, I, I thought, uh, who, who was the, the woman who plays Gal Gadot? But it's Gal Gadot. Oh, so maybe it is Margot. All right. So if it's Margot, if it is pronounced Margot Robbie. I don't think it is. I will take all this advice into consideration. If it's actually pronounced Margot, I will not take this advice into consideration. Unfortunately, there's no way to know how to pronounce her name because there's been no uh, there's been no media coverage of this movie mm-hmm. at all. But, you know, people pronounce things, uh, you know, their own way. Lots. Of, I was listening to NPR the other day and there was a guy doing a story on the – the um, district attorney in Fulton County, and he 
said that she had received a lot of disparaging letters. What? It's got to, it's disparaging, right? That's what I thought, but that's what he said. Also, her name her uh, her name itself I always thought was Fanny until I heard it pronounced as Fanny. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I assumed so, it was Fanny. So maybe he was like he was using Fanny, and then he just said disparaging. He got stuck. Yeah, he got in a in a vowel pronunciation rut. Yeah. I bet that happens a lot. So it happens to the best of us, you know, even people on NPR. Oh, John, that's so true. Case in point, Rudy Giuliani. I mean, if he can be indicted, we can all be indicted. We'll all have our, have our butt cheeks cut off and left to wilt in the hot Georgia sun. Oh, it gives me no pleasure to report that. None at all. But this is our first uh, rule. First rule of journalism, follow the truth. Speak truth to power. Follow the facts, no matter where they lead you. Deep throat. Richard Nixon. Okay? It's like that. Investigative journalism. Seek the truth, and, and ye shall be freed by the truth. That's probably in the Bible. All the president's men. Yeah, that's what they're going to be saying when they're, when they're taking all those mug shots. They're going to be like, wow, we got all the president's men up in here. Where's Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford? <laughs> we got all the president's men. Where are they? Because they started a movie called All the President's Men. Yeah. And we're done. Election Profit Makers is an independent production. We welcome your support on Patreon at patreon.com slash election profit makers. And if you sign up for Patreon, you'll receive some wonderful EPM stickers in the mail. You can send your election prediction questions and bird recordings and really cool lines that you've made in Google Earth to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if you want to advertise with us, email contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Gives me no pleasure to say this, but we'll see you next time. All right. See you, man. Bye. Bye.